Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Matt Johnston. He is a video marketing expert and also owns his own agency. Ironically, Matt wrote a book that just published pre-COVID called Producing Empathy, the secret method he uses to get 100 million views on videos online. Considering we are in the post-COVID era, the topic of mixing empathy with video could not be more relevant. In today's episode, Matt and I talk about the ins and outs of using empathy with video marketing, as well as we get into talking about TikTok and other platforms. Enjoy the episode and namaste. Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining me. Matt is going to talk to us about basically about video, but I just thought it was super interesting. And Matt, I'm going to let you kind of give a little bit of your background, but how you talk about empathy and uh, what an amazing time to talk about empathy and video, right? Yeah, it really is. You need to have empathy now or else what are you doing? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So when I was, you know, we've kind of known each other for, I think, about a year through Cat Howell's Mastermind is where Mm -hmm. we initially met. Um, But I was just kind of digging around and doing some research on you. And I just noticed in your LinkedIn, you know, the word empathy and your story and your LinkedIn bio is amazing. Um, And your journey of how you got to be doing what you're doing now that, you know, I'd love for you to share with our audience today on that. And so why don't we just, you know, kind of start out, give give us a little bit of background on, on your journey and how a doctor once told you you would never be able to run and now look at you. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was born with um, short fingers and short toes and we're not really sure why it happened. Although funny thing, um, and uh, this is the first time I've been interviewed and somebody's brought it up, which is super cool. Uh, I guess they haven't read my LinkedIn bio first. Uh, but funny thing, uh, I'm like really, and I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. I'm like really bullish on TikTok right now. Yeah. And uh I, I, I had one TikTok video a couple weeks ago, not not a couple weeks ago. I guess it was longer ago. It was it was sort of more towards the beginning. But anyway, um, I told the story, or I basically showed them. I, it was it was very small. It was like a ten second TikTok. So I was basically like, I showed my fingers, and 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 I was like, I was born with short fingers and toes. I used to get bullied. Uh, then I came to terms with it. Now I feel great. That's the whole video, and that video went super super viral, and. Uh, I mean, it's up to like almost 700,000 views on it now, all, all organic because it's TikTok. Um, and uh, I just think it's cool to bring it up because it's just, it's validation of my obsession with empathy. And I also bring it up because that was the first time I found out that I wasn't alone in the world because I actually had at least 10 to 15 other people comment on that TikTok saying that they had the same thing. And I had never met anybody who had had what I had. I didn't even know what it was. And I even if if anybody knows TikTok, you know what a duet is. It's basically when you do a video of somebody uh, next to somebody else's video. I had a 10 year old do a duet with me who also has fingers like this. Um, It was it's I mean, empathy runs the world if you let it and it's good if you do. (laughs) <laughs> that's my that's my message and like that's the real good side of the internet right there at work um so uh but anyway i'm sure we can get into tiktok more later but more importantly this is true across all video online is that opportunity to emotionally identify with people um so i mean as for me i grew up in upstate new york uh, i directed plays i directed theater all throughout my 20s in new york city i lived there for seven or eight years um, that was my sort of first life. And uh, then I went to grad school at Syracuse um, at the Newhouse School. I got my master's there. And that sort of set me off in this digital media direction. I was in TV news for a while, uh, a couple of years in Vegas. And then we moved back and I got into the new media space. So I was an editor at Business Insider for a couple of years and uh, one of the top video producers there. Uh, and then I was hired by New York Magazine to run their video program. Well, to build it. They didn't have one. So I built it from scratch. So that's like Vulture and The Cut, if you know any of these brands. Yeah. There's there's at least five or six brands that are within it. They actually just got bought by Vox about six to eight months ago. 
And uh, and then I was hired by Rodale, which then did get bought. It's a crazy time in the publishing world. But uh, I was running video across all of the Rodale properties, which is men's health, women's health, bicycling, runner's world, all of those uh, all, prevention, all of those uh, publications. And then eventually I ended up at Now This. Uh, so if you know Now This, they're the, they're the top social video uh, news publisher in the world. And so I launched three new lifestyle channels there. Now this sports money and food. So have a big journalism background, digital video background, proud of the work that I was able to do there. I really did. I feel like I did help. Uh, that's why I wrote the book. I sort of helped invent this format of virality uh, at those publishers back when, you know, you, you, you think of it a lot with Buzzfeed, but we were all sort of in the mix during that time creating viral like creating the formulas of viral video which uh certainly harder to do on facebook and instagram now but all of the principles live on in things like tiktok and linkedin where organic reach is higher so proud of the work i did there i have my own company now where we do video uh video marketing video branded content so that's my that's my story both personal and professional yeah well you know what i love about it and i think that it's such a so relevant for our audience and you know i'm coming at it from a public relations angle and like, you know, what are, what can we do that's, you know, beyond the traditional get the journalist to write the story type of thing. And I think that it, mm. what's very interesting and makes you so successful is that you have that editorial background and mm. you're not producing marketing materials per se, you're producing things that are, you know, more, you, your experiences and edit, yeah, editorial. So I think that that is, um, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from coming at things with an editorial standpoint versus um, more of a marketing or, or advertising standpoint. So yeah, so so tell us what's what's the state of video right now? What are you seeing? I mean, we're in kind of this crazy period right now, but outside of that and inside of that, where do you see video fitting in during these uncertain times and when we get past this? I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously the most popular form of content and it has been for a couple of years and uh, it will continue to be. And all of the projections have uh, I should have pulled up this stuff in front of me, but all the projections have video as being 80 to 85 percent of all Internet traffic in the next two years. Uh, and that's before. Uh, we were all, we all got locked into our homes. <laughs> so uh, now, of course, obviously, I think once the data comes out on this period in our history, people are going to be consuming on average, I assume one or two more hours per day on average of online media. And uh, I'm sure that at least 75% of that is going to be video content, um, which makes it even more important. But I think that's the numbers stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I think I think what's more important is that video is was has always been and and is now and will always will always be in whatever form video takes in the future um whether it's star trek video where we're actually in the in the room with with holograms or whether it's 2d video in front of a movie screen it's the most powerful way to connect with people whether you're a personal brand and you get the opportunity through video to act like you're in the room with others and be able to build that connection with them so that you can build that trust that you know you need to build to build your business or even just to build trust in general, build community. We should all be building communities and trust, not just now, ever. Uh, and uh, video is the best way to do that remotely. You can actually mimic that potential, uh, that face-to-face that -face content better than ever in video obvious things, right? But then for any brand, for any brand, creating that connection, creating that experience. I've been recently seeing a lot of research and hearing speakers and everything talk about Gen Z and, and what they're into. And everybody seems to really feel like Gen Z is obsessed with experiences. Like they want to buy experiences, not stuff. Uh, they want, they're, they're more interested in ideas, causes, ways of life, uh, idealis, idealism and experiences. Um, and as we move into that way of being, uh, and now that we're shut into our homes, but whenever you're listening to this, who knows, maybe it'll all be over when you're listening to this. Oh, geez, who knows? <laughs> uh, but, but, but if so, um, the only way to really do that 
when we are so disconnected spatially is to do it through video. And the only way to connect with people is through empathy. So I always say that empathy is the only reason why anyone clicks or watches anything online. People want to see a mirror. That's sort of my guiding principle when it comes to online content, whether you're writing a blog, just doing a regular social media post, or if you're making a video. Um, but when it comes to the real emotional identification, there's really nothing like looking in to somebody's eyes. There's really nothing like the experience of being able to feel like you've escaped the life that you're in now, the physical space that you're in now, and you've been transported to this virtual space, which is in this world of a video. I mean, it can be an escape. You do get sucked in. You forget who you are for a for for just a moment and you're inside of that and that that's not something that's replicable by any other type of content and this is the type of message that i'm trying to really spread right now since since there's since all we can do is run business online now we can't run it anywhere else um is that you can get as close as possible to 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 what normal could be for the communities that you build through video because of the empathy at work, because of the emotional identification. You can tell me something in a text message, but uh, telling it to me to my face is so much more powerful and there's so much more emotional juice behind that. Um, video, really more important than ever. Obviously you wouldn't expect I would say anything different, right? The video is more important than ever, but the data was going there anyway. And yeah. uh, now that we have to move everything online, uh, I mean, it's in some ways, I mean, it's going to save businesses. It really will. No, it is for sure. And it's how we're able to engage, you know, with a text message or an email, the level of engagement is just, you know, you can't even compare it to video. And I, I think also, I don't know if you've tried, um, so Facebook came out with the, the portal. Have you heard? No, I've been seeing the ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, my sister got it and then I got it and then I got it for, um, you know, a couple other people and it really mm. makes a difference. It's, it's even more, feels more real than just what we're doing right now, you know, a zoom video or, or this type of video where it actually kind of makes you really feel like you're in the same room and like the, the video kind of like, um, it, it moves with you. Yeah. Yeah. It moves with mm. you. So, um, I mean, it, it would be amazing if everybody right now could have the portal to communicate in, um, in a more real life way. I mean, there's a, also virtual reality, which then you're an avatar and you're in a different, you know, kind of environment. It's not really the same. Um, but yeah, I think right, right now we're going to survive because of video and we're going to thrive because of video. I think so. I think so. It's the only way to get that experience of actually having human connection. And a lot, I know a lot of us feel pretty dis, I mean, I, I know I personally feel pretty disconnected from human connection right now. Um, and I mean, I'm trying to trying to brainstorm ways to drum it up. Certainly there's, there's no easier way to do it than creating simple video. And there's no better way to do it than creating video that you really put some thought into. Um, people well, want me. communities right now. Yeah, for sure. So you wrote the book producing empathy. And when did that when did you write that book? Oh, over the past year, it just came out, came out in February. I mean, it's just so and ironic that that book is out and the title of it. And right now, this is what we all have to learn is basically, you know, producing empathy can mean so many different things. But from your perspective, and from your book, what are some actionable tips that you cover in the book that that can help everybody watching this or listening to this podcast? Well, one of the things I talk about a lot is along with empathy being important, but if, if you go at it through the back end, um, if you're aiming for the idea of the share, you'll be able to get closer to empathy without even trying. And it's kind of a weird thing to think about these days. Sharing takes different forms on the internet than it used to. Obviously that's though how virality happens. Virality only happens through sharing. Um, except for TikTok, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but all of the principles still hold true. So the idea is if you're creating video that moves people emotionally to share it with other human beings that they know, then you have connected with them on an emotional level. You've made them feel 
like they've gotten enough value, value being the center of the equation. You've made them feel that they've gotten enough value and they've identified with it so much that there's that extra human need that you have to need to share that empathetic emotional moment with somebody else because you know that they will empathize with it. There's sort of a there's sort of a bigger theoretical argument to empathy and how empathy and how we deal with empathy. And of course, we all know that well, I don't know if we all know, but it's fascinating that we have these things in our in our in our bodies called mirror neurons in our brains that are actually engineered uh, to to make us emotionally identify with things. They they're called mirror neurons, which I think is is fascinating because that's really what I that's what I say over and over again is that people want to see a mirror and people will share mirrors because then they show other mirrors. It becomes like a fun house, really like any viral video is a fun house. And maybe I shouldn't be using the word viral right now, but I can't think of any other way to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so any viral video is really a fun house of mirrors. And so if you're going for the share, you're saying, I want to give you enough value that you feel so moved by it that you must let other people in your life see it. And if that transaction is happening, you have empathy. Yeah. And the book is not so theoretical in that way. It's very it's very much a practical book, but I do spend time in the first chapter talking giving the theoretical basis to empathy and that's sort of it in a nutshell. Um and it sort of lays the foundation for for this for the, for the rest of it. Yeah. Um and I kind of get what you're saying too because like just I'm just thinking of things that have moved me to share in the past week mm. and so Deepak Chopra, he does a Facebook Live every day, um, and he's been focusing a lot on what's been going on in the world and doing like a 15-minute mm. meditation. And, um, you know, some of the words and, you know, what, what he's saying, I mean, I find com compelling and I must share it with my audience. You know, it's just that right. important to share or just, you know, maybe it's a quote or something like that. So I think, you know, yeah, like, and so just can you walk us through your TikTok, the one that went viral um that the first one that you did I, I actually saw you talk about it on linkedin when that happened you're like hey i just i just went on tiktok like i think it was one of your first was it one of your first videos posts uh yeah it was like it was like the it, it was towards the beginning yeah mm -hmm. so did yeah. you use any hashtags or do anything to get more exposure to it be, to get more people to look to to see it since you were just starting out well, the wonderful thing about TikTok is you don't really need to hack it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you just need to create great, valuable content and you have to know the algorithm. Um, and so, you know, if we want to get us. into how to use what? Tell, what's the, tell us, like, what's the what's the secret with the algorithm? What's the big what do we have to know? Sure, about that? sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to get into the tactical of of TikTok. Um, yeah, it's uh so, so, so the order of, and you know, this is not like official TikTok, but this is sort of what all of us uh, have seen uh, that the algorithm is prioritizing and sort of the general consensus right now, at least, um, is that uh, it's sort of, it's first prioritizing uh, loops. So they want your video to be played over and over again. So uh, basically if your video is 10 seconds and you go into your analytics and your video has been watched an average of 11 seconds on a 10 second video, you know that you're doing a good job because your video is getting looped because TikTok rewards video engagement over uh, likes, comments, shares. Um, and so that's the number one. And uh, number two on the list is completion. So actually watching the video all the way to 100%, that's the second most important thing, which is why you'll see a lot of people using plot changes and teases to get people through the video content uh, because it's just like a, it's a wait for it. There's this resolution that you need to find out what happens. And then it's uh, shares, comments, and then likes. Um, and 
all of these things are important because even at the bottom row, the likes are a very big piece of social proof. If you're going through your for you feed and then you look to your right and you'll basically you'll very often gauge whether you should continue to watch this content based on how many likes it has. But as far as the algorithm is concerned, it's the it's the, it's 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 the least important. But but I think the cool thing is on Facebook when you went viral, it was getting shared exponentially. Like you would share it with a hundred people, five of those people would share, you know, and then five and then it would just, it would just turn into this. So that's how we went viral on Facebook uh, back in the day and uh, somewhat on Instagram, although it's, it's a bit different on Instagram, of course, but uh, with TikTok, the app is doing so much of the work for you because you have this for you newsfeed, which is literally just trending comment that's uh, trending content that's tailored to you. So everybody, you know, you'll hear if you spend 20 minutes on TikTok, you'll see a bunch of videos about like, ah, I want to get on the for you page. Everybody wants to get on the for you page because that's where you go viral. And uh, the truth is every video gets on the for you page because they're all tested in micro ways by the algorithm to see what's working and what's not working. But uh, that's why you can get seen so much beyond the shares, because just like the other, just like Instagram, you can't directly share TikTok videos on your own feed. However, you can duet, which is like a nuanced way to share. Uh, but it, it's it's sort of a different video then. You've created a new piece of video content then. But uh, the, the only way you can share it, just like Instagram is DMing it, text messaging it, whatever it is. So instead, the way that it gets shown to more people is the app does it for you. And it finds things that are viral and it makes this news feed of that stuff. And when you can get on there, you start to see those incredibly crazy numbers. Um, and uh, it's very, very exciting. So I think that the the video that I went viral on both of them. I mean, I've, I've gone viral a few times since then, but that first one, I mean, it was doing everything. Um, I showed my fingers in the first second as a hook um, to sort of get people into it. And, you know, this wasn't a play. It was still a big moment for me. I never talked about this growing up. What made you decide to do it for on TikTok? Because I knew it would blow up. <laughs> and, you know, because, 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 because of empathy, like yeah, I, yeah. I knew, I knew it. And, uh, I, I, I knew that if I talked about bullying and I used that word bullying and, but, but, you know, the thing is, I wasn't just doing it to blow it up. It serves people. Can right. you like imagine, I mean, I was, I changed people's lives with that video. Like everybody that watched that video that had what I had. And I, there were at least a hundred other people that commented that had something else that was, a, a that maybe think people would think is a deficiency. Um, and, uh, they felt better. They're like, you just, you know, you know, you know what I mean? It's amazing. It's like a when, micro when, movement that you did. It's kind of like the me too movement, but micro, you know, people could relate to <laughs> right, it. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a movement. And when you see that, you don't feel so alone. It's the great piece of the internet. It's the great piece of viral video. Uh, but anyway, the way so so obviously, since I only showed my fingers right at the beginning, I, I mean, that video was getting looped a lot because people would get to the end and they would be like, wait a minute, I forget what they looked like. I got to watch it again, right? So then it was sending signals to the algorithm that they had to watch it again because they wanted to see, they wanted, it was only a 11, 12, 13 second video. So they had to put it in context. Um, you know, I was just using empathy because I talked about being bullied and so many of us have been bullied, you know, both in our child or adult lives. And I think that feeling that, and then of course the transformation, you know, it's just that, I mean, I was able to tell like a pretty deep emotional story in 13 seconds and, uh, sort of tap into that aspirational part of people. I had a lot of people commenting, I wish I had your confidence, right? Because it was like, I, I, I had this, I was uh -huh. born with this, it was really hard for me. I got bullied. And then the last act of the TikTok was, um, but then I, I don't remember what I said, but it was basically, I came to peace with it and realized that I'm awesome or something. And um, there was just a lot of people that felt that aspirational you know, piece of content. And so it got a ton of likes, ton of comments, uh, a ton of shares. It was getting replayed. Everybody was watching the whole thing because they wanted to see how that story would play out. So it sort of ticked all the algorithm boxes as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, 
and I'm really hardcore about this, the whole book revolves around this because I am not like, I'm a video like expert, I guess, whatever. Like I'm a video guy, but like, I can't shoot really like I can, but like, it's not my thing. It's not my jam at all. I'm not really an expert at that. I, uh, I'm actually a really good video editor. Um, but I don't, <laughs> that's not it either. Like, that's not it either. I mean, really what I bang home is that it's the editorial, it's the storytelling exactly, that yeah. moves mountains. Yeah. And so, uh, that is true. Whatever platform that you're on, I think it was true in this specific case. I think it's true in all cases that it's the storytelling the writing, it's, it's right. that I mean, and, that makes and it happen. Just like in journalism, like you can't start a story and like bury the lead, you know, people, you're going to lose people. So you have to start with the hook and get them interested to read the whole thing or get through the whole thing. So, you know, this, the editorial style, I think is um, what's, what's setting it apart. So before we forget, so if we want to follow you on TikTok, where, what is your, what's your handle on TikTok? By Matt J. I try to be by Matt J on all platforms. I think okay. I am, except for okay. Twitch. I have a weekly Twitch live show that I do, and I have a different one there. But okay, cool. So we'll have to follow you on all of your platforms. And so, how's it been going on TikTok? Well, how long ago did that happen, and what have you been doing since? A month or two. I can't really remember. Uh, but yeah, I've just been iterating on that um, and been able to go viral with uh, with a bunch of other videos too, just because I've sort of started to crack it, but also just building a community. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, it gets addicting once you start seeing how, I guess, easy it is to get seen when you do things correctly. Um, it gets really addicting. It was also extremely addicting to get so much positivity. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I get trolled all the time. I mean, when you have content that's being seen by millions of people, you're always going to get trolled. But um, it, it's been it's been going really well. I mean, my, I mean, I'm getting really like dozens and dozens, sometimes hundreds of followers every single day because your video content is sort of always evergreen and being served out. I mean, I'm still getting followers from that original video that are just coming in. It's just it's very odd. Um, but, but certainly you kind of get bit by the bug. I mean, that one day, there was one day when I, I went to bed with 40 followers when I was just starting on TikTok, and I woke up with 1500 and I was like, all right, this platform's different. That's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This platform is different. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we've, we've had a, we had, we, we've had a, I have a Facebook group. We had a TikTok challenge in there and a lot of the people were having huge success. One of the challengers got just as many views on her third video ever that I did on my video, because it's just like, it's a system. What does and she do? You, so, so she's a, she's a, she's a coach, uh, a coach, you know, she's like a, she's sort of a, I don't know, expert, I don't know, whatever, but like her, her thing is, you know, anti-racism, you know, telling the important stories about racism in America, et cetera. So she made a video where literally she's just sort of sitting in her car, it's parked and she just, you know, it's just sort of text on the screen, just like mine. I didn't talk in my video and she didn't, she, she didn't talk in this one, just text on the screen that was simply was like, um, talking about, uh, how she, uh, you know, I don't get assumed that I'm shoplifting. She, she's a white woman. I don't get assumed that I'm shoplifting when I walk into stores. I don't get pulled over by blah, 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 blah. You know, it was that, it, that yeah, was the yeah. idea. I don't remember the exact words that were in it. Um, but yeah, it went bananas. I mean, it has like almost 600,000 views now. And imagine how great that was for her. She's, a, she's sort of a small, just starting out coach. She has a podcast and never had that kind of visibility before. That's great. Never had it before. So it's just, it's just like super, super exciting. I love it. And, and it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's allowing me to, to, to use my hero system, which is what the book is built on for viral video in, in a new way. It's breathing new life into it. Um, it, it because I built it when I was creating viral video on Facebook and Instagram, and it still works for Facebook and Instagram. You should still make all of your Facebook and Instagram videos with the hero system. But of course, the organic pickup is just harder because of the algorithm, but it's directly applicable to TikTok. I mean, if you, you can plug it right into TikTok because it's based on the psychological reasons that people share, not the tactics. 
And uh, those are unchangeable because they have to do with the human condition. So can you just walk us through the hero method that you're talking about? Yep. It's hook, empathy, response, and over-deliver. So the hook is uh, obvious. So it's right off the bat, the way you hook people in. The hook is going to be different on different platforms. Uh, so for Facebook, Instagram, I mean, I always say it's the first three to five seconds. You want to blow people away right off the bat. N never start a video with your logo or something. You want to blow people right off the bat with something that's going to grab their attention and pattern interrupt, meaning stop the patterns of the way they're scrolling through their social feeds normally. And this can be crazy video footage. If you have it, you probably don't. Chances are, I mean, if you're listening to this, usually it's hard. I mean, 80% of the video content that you have, you don't have crazy video footage. So you can just use a text on screen headline right there to really pull people in. Um, and uh, that's the hook. On TikTok, very similar. You do sometimes want, because that, that text on screen works like gangbusters to, to pull people into your videos, like 100%. Uh, and you'll see it all over the place. Uh, there's a much better chance to get people with video and sound because videos on TikTok autoplay with sound, unlike any of the other platforms. So you can also use sound to hook people in. But again, you want people engaging with the whole thing. So it's more similar to YouTube in that way, because YouTube, you also want people to get to the whole video for the algorithm. So there's usually some sort of tease, some sort of rep, uh, resolution. There's a story that needs to be told that goes someplace and you can feel that it's going someplace. Uh, and you're saying, how do I do that in 15 seconds? You can't right. trust me. You just gotta like <laughs> practice it, but uh, you can. Um, and the, and then, uh, and uh, yeah, so, so, so that's basically how it works. And, and if I was on LinkedIn or any of these other newsfeed based algorithms, I would do it the same way as Facebook and Instagram. E is for empathy. We already sort of talked about that. You want to make sure that the content that you're making is emotionally identifying with people. That, yeah. Super, super important. Uh, if you're not emotionally identifying with people, you're going to flop because just who cares? You know, what I talk about all the time, this goes for hook and empathy, is that when we're making this video content, because video is so powerful to your senses, it has the potential, if you do it correctly, if you're following the system correctly, to cut directly through or dodge your analytical mind and go right to your heart, right, right. to your body. Yeah, totally. You share with your subconscious, you share with your heart, you share with that. It's like that, it's like that part of you that, uh, that touches the stove and then you're like, ah, that's hot. Like that's the part of you that you're trying to get to. You want to make people feel something that like just slams them in the heart. And so when you do that, it's through the lens of empathy because that's how they will feel it. Oh, that's me. I got it. Okay, I'm in, right? Um, response is sort of how you structure the content because you don't want people to just simply uh, experience it. You want them to experience it and do something with it. Uh, it's it's the whole idea behind the share. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, it means that you want to share your best stuff in your video content at the beginning. You want to front load it right. because people are going to be sharing this content then. One of my favorite words is front loading. Front loading, you know, it just drives me crazy when I'm like reading something. It's like you have to wait so long to get to it. You have to just front load it, whether it's the keyword or whatever. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So front load your best stuff because usually yeah. when people are going to share content, they're going to share it before they get through the whole video. I mean, if you've ever looked at a Facebook engagement graph or an Instagram engagement graph on a video, you'd be depressed. You shouldn't be, but you would be because it always looks, those of you who are on video, you're going to see like the graph goes. Yeah. Because after 10 seconds, people just stop watching. That's fine because they're not coming to Facebook and Instagram to watch video necessarily. You're just sort of showing up. You know, and, you know, you're so so it's just as much about if they're engaging or not, if they're getting into that content and over deliver is simply to over deliver on value. I think that value is the most important thing that you can do. I, I sort of define value as it's obviously in the in the eye of the beholder, but I define value as changing people's lives in little or big ways because it can be everything from a perspective shift on where I am in the world existentially to uh, five curling iron hacks to transform your morning. That's value too. And so all of these things are value and that should be the cornerstone of what you're doing. It can be entertainment value. 
it can be informational value, it can be empathetic perspective value, whatever it is, it's value, meaning it's a gift. Value is a gift. It's not for you, it's for them. If there's like one thing that people take away from this when they're making their video content, it's think about the audience and then engineer backwards because it's much more important what they think and care about than what you think they should think and care about. And especially if you're a company listening to this, you're so concerned about your products and services. Well, guess what? They're not so concerned about your products and services, at least not yet. So what do they care about? And so you wanna over deliver. There's a lot of content out there. If you really want, and this is big on TikTok too, if you want followers, value. You have to show up with value. It's the same. You can't hack yeah. it. You can't hack value. You've got to actually care and actually matter to people. So that's the hero system. Yeah, totally. And right now in the stage that we're in in, in business and survival, um, you know, we're not like the Microsofts or the Zooms or the Facebooks where we can give away stuff. But one thing that as a service business we can do is is over deliver. Um, you know, and get and add value and you know, give those unexpected kind of like surprises that, you know, your customers aren't expecting, but, you know, that's just what we have to do right now. Um, and it should be a best practice anyway. So yeah, content leads to value, leads to community, leads to customers. That's what I always say, but you can't skip any of those steps. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So you have a TikTok course and you have a book producing empathy, right? Mm, yep. Um, so I'll put links to both of those um, underneath this this live, but um, I just want to get some. If you could just give maybe three actionable tips, you know, we've already given a lot, but if so, if if we're not talking about any specific platform, um, you know, somebody's just getting started in video, what three tips can you give them? And maybe you already have, but let's just recap. The first thing is to do your persona exercise. Everybody has a different version of the persona exercise. I have one in the book that I teach and that I teach in the college classes that I teach. Uh, but the persona exercise, by the way, is, is, is it gives you an avatar. It helps you key in on exactly that person is that you're talking to. You have to do that before you make any content because if you don't know who you're talking to, you can't create content for them. You do not know what they care about. Then what's going to happen is you start making content about you and you wonder why nobody cares, right? It's not that you're not valuable. It's just that you haven't given first, got to give first. So the persona exercise is the first most important thing. Figure out what they care about, what their pain points are, what their wants and needs are. How can you change their life, not how they can change yours? That's the first thing. I think the second thing is wrapping your mind around the idea that you can create video content. I say this over and over again in the book, you're daunted. I guarantee you 70 or 80% of the people that are listening to this are daunted by the idea of video content or daunted by the idea of consistent video content, which is just as important as video content. If you're making all these plans to make one or two videos this month, get over it. You need to be making 18. Yeah but you're daunted by that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. That's because you feel like it's a big deal. It's not, it's about the editorial, it's about the storytelling, it's about the authenticity, and above all else, it's about the empathy. So just go and be real and give and you will win. So that's the second tip. And the th these are off the top of my head, so let me see, third tip. <laughs> top, top of third. your head is perfect. That's, that's, what, that's what we want, top of your head. Sure, sure, sure. I don't plan anything. I'm much better off the cuff. Uh, the 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 third tip really would be TikTok and LinkedIn. I think it, like if there's one thing that you need to be focusing on with your video content in 2020, it's got to be TikTok and LinkedIn because it is pay to play. Now, if you already have, I mean, if you're lucky enough to be one of these people that built your Facebook and Instagram followings in 2015 and 2016, oh, you're in such great shape. Wonderful. You're still only going to reach 2% of your followers with your video content or any of your content, but you have it there. If you've got 100,000 people, you're going to be reaching people and you have the opportunity to share and get some viral video happening there. That's amazing. But guess what? 
TikTok and LinkedIn, especially TikTok, are where Facebook and Instagram were in 2015. Super easy to get organic views there. Super easy to build a community. I got 3,000 followers in a week. You can't do that on Facebook and Instagram. No way. So you build now. You don't build later. You build now. So you have to focus on it. And you're going to go on TikTok. And you're going to see a bunch of teenagers dancing around and you're going to put it down. You're going to say, this is not my avatar and I should not be here. And that's a limiting belief. You were never going to do it if that's how you feel. You got to get on it, start consuming content, see how people do it and start finding your niche because the algorithm will learn you. If you're not watching videos of teens dancing, it will start filtering them out and you'll start seeing the creators like me and others that are in the sort of world of whatever you, whatever it is you want to see. There's lawyers, doctors, psychologists, all sorts of amazing people creating great content on TikTok that are getting so much value, building huge audiences. So don't be intimidated by that and don't use the excuse, my avatar is not on TikTok. That's crap. <laughs> TikTok might be bigger than Instagram now. I, I don't know for sure, but Instagram's latest numbers were 1 billion. TikToks were 800 million. And this is in January and yeah. it's March now. And TikTok has been growing like crazy the last four months. I don't know if you've seen that. Surprised at all. There's like a visual um, uh, interactive chart that shows like that, the growth yeah. of all the social yeah. channels and how TikTok is like literally like, escalating way more than the other channels ever did in their growth history. So that's really cool. I, you know, I'm glad that you're, you're sharing this with us. So can you make any suggestions on who else that we should follow on TikTok that isn't like a teen dancing or something that would be, you know, kind of relevant to mm. the marketing world or public relations world, or, you know, maybe some professionals brands. That's a good, that's a good question. I didn't pull them up. Well, but so Gary V is doing amazing stuff on TikTok, like he always of course. does. I'm a, big, I'm a big Gary V fan. What whatever you think of him, he's crushing it, and he only cares about value, so that's awesome. Um, there is a psychologist I really love. I'll have to. I don't know if I'll you, be able to. Well, pull how about we'll just put it in the amazing. show notes. We'll put it. We'll put the links yeah. in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, if you, you want entertainment, you need to be following Zach King because the editing stuff that he's doing is out of this world. Okay. <laughs> and some of these, some of these TikTok influencers, like they've built, they've built following so fast. We're talking like twenty to thirty million followers that they're now doing collaborations with like everybody across TikTok. Like so them cool. and Jimmy Fallon are doing a bunch of stuff. Like they're doing stuff with like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, now like Jimmy it's Fallon crazy. is, you know everybody's kind of like at home. So more time to build out these different channels that they, you know, people just didn't have the time to do. So maybe the, maybe Jimmy Fallon will have his show on TikTok, like a 13 second show, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, really I mean, cool. there, there's no better, there's no better time right now than, than now to start building your digital presence, not just because you're probably more bored and you have more time on your hands and not just because everything is moving to digital even more now because of everything that's going on in the world. But, um, this is probably, I don't even, I don't love saying this, but this is probably like one of these, um, like big history book moments, like where society really pivots. I, I did not think this a week ago, but my gosh, the way things are going. Um, I mean, there are going to be businesses that are destroyed by this. And there are going to be businesses that rise from the ashes as new entities that only live on computers. Uh, and some will be able to pivot, um, which is much harder to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, sorry, my phone was ringing there. At the end of the day, What's happening? Every time my Bluetooth headphones go off, my computer starts like playing music. <laughs> at we the end of the day, at the end of the day, you've got to build those digital communities now. You just absolutely have to. Luckily, we have TikTok and Instagram that are still letting your content be seen without paying for it. Um, but we are about to enter a world unlike we've ever known before where you need to live for people online. Your, your identity to people will be what your identity is online. And I, there's just no way to do it than video. I mean, if you're not doing video, there's like there's only so far we can get with you in our yeah. relationship with you. Yeah, so true. So um, thank you so much. I have just a couple quick questions, like your resources, your favorites. So 
favorite books sure. that you recommend that you're reading right now or you think are important besides your own? <laughs> Uh, well, I, 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 I would say that you should read anything that Seth Godin writes. That's mainly what I read. Um, just because he's very, he's very value aligned with the things what that I've been saying. Hey, there you go, <laughs> man, that dude, that dude writes a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> he writes like a book a year. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's very value aligned in this way with the things that I've been saying, this sort of economy of giving and uh, this idea that you should care about people first, serve them first. I also really think it's a classic. It's kind of getting older now, but always go back and read The Purple Cow, especially now to figure out how you can create something that's truly unique and remarkable in the world. That book had a huge influence on me. Um, I think that there is an online culture, which probably is going to get blown up now with everything going on, where everybody is just sort of copy and pasting everybody else's formula to build a business, it's like not sustainable and it's no. just going to explode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, read Seth Godin's Purple Cow okay. and create something truly remarkable. Do that instead and okay. be creative. You're going to be really proud of what you build. Okay. Uh, I think that's a great, I think that's a great resource. What about, are you binge watching any shows? Favorite shows, favorite podcasts? Hmm. I really, I'm almost done with the new Pope, which I really liked. You guys, I don't know if you know that Jude Law and uh, now John Malkovich HBO show. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen Watchmen, you've got to watch Watchmen. It's okay. so good. It's okay. just one series, but freaking incredible. Maybe the best thing I've seen in a really long time. Okay. Gotta watch Watchmen. Okay. <laughs> uh, podcasts. I don't, you know, I listen to a lot of marketing podcasts and I don't listen to a ton now. And now that I'm not traveling, I don't even know. I try to listen to fiction books, really. I've been reading uh, J.K. Rowling's. Uh, she's not J.K. Rowling. What, what is she? Uh, Robert Galbraith in this this series uh, that has uh, it's called it turned into a Cinemax series called Strike. But the books are fantastic. Pick them up. OK, cool. <laughs> I well, love it. I don't read I, books, actually. I just do audio books. Yeah. If you want a podcast suggestion, I think that you'll love Hustle and Flowchart. Do you listen to that? No, nope. I haven't listened to it. That's great. Yeah, I, I, obviously listen to the, I listen to the Social Media Examiner podcast with Michael Stelzner. He's amazing. Um, and I have a few others. Yeah, check out Hustle and Flowchart. Um, okay, we talked about some people to follow on TikTok, but anybody that you're following that you think is just amazing that you'll share with us? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I am a, I am a bit I am a big fan of following somebody, somebody that I, maybe not everybody knows about somebody like I, it's a it's a good it's a good question. Oh uh, man, somebody micro that I'm following. It's kind of a tough one because I read the purple cow and I started leaving all my Facebook groups and leave and, and unfollowing all of these people because I decided that I wanted to be like unfettered by other people's opinions of what I should do with my business and life. <laughs> and I wanted to just blaze new paths. And I don't know that there's anybody outside of entertainment value that I follow like crazy, except for Seth Godin. Um, and Michael Stelzner, I think is wonderful. I think he's doing amazing things. Um, but uh, yeah, there's nobody specifically off the top of my head, it's although okay. there are some people on TikTok that I love. Well, you uh, mentioned But it. there's not a lot of people in the marketing space on TikTok. I mean, yeah. So um, yeah, we're going to be all in. Um, any last words of wisdom that you want to share with our audience, whether it be marketing wise, um, you know, I also have kind of, we can kind of talk about an encore, you know, tips on digital detox. I think we're, we're right now entering a forced digital detox, but what kind of words, words of wisdom do you have for, for marketers and public relations professionals and entrepreneurs that are listening to this? Well, uh, my biggest word of wisdom, especially in the realm of public relations, but really to businesses in general, because uh, the way that I'm thinking about it and the way that I teach public relations at the college level now is uh, what I teach basically is that uh, public relations was born mostly by this dude named Ivy Lee in the early 20th century, who was a former journalist, and he helped uh, use the power of the press to get the word out about things that were going on, some bad situations that were going on, because there was no other foghorn. There was no other way to reach people. And then you had the authority of journalism. 
but it's changed now. Things have changed. And now we do not require the press to reach people with our messaging. We do not require that. Instead, you need to figure out how to get, how to create content for people. If our goals with, with public relations, and I would argue that they are, are mass attention in your niche and mass affinity in your niche, being known, loved, and trusted by anyone that could ever buy to you, uh, from you, then what you need to be doing is creating value-based content for them that will make them fall in love with you. Stop asking them to buy things and start asking them what they want and then giving of them and asking for nothing in return. And stop putting all of your public relations eggs in the basket of, is the New York Times going to write about me? Because that's their audience anyway. It's, Thank you. <laughs> I am a journalist. Yeah. Like I am a journalist. I got 100 pitches a day. They were all crap. And, uh, and I, I, I swear that, uh, nobody cared about what I cared about with the audience. And, and, and when I did decide to do a story, it was for my own selfish reasons for my own job. And I would filter that anyway. Like, so, so if you want your message, your narrative, that's what we're doing in public relations is controlling the narrative. If you want your messaging to get to people in the way you want it to get to them, you're going to be going through a filter with the press. You're much better off and you should do both because there's authority there obviously, but I usually preach a 70-30 content to tr traditional PR methodology because if you are creating communities with your customers directly, which we now have the opportunity to do, maybe not in the 50s, but now we can, uh, then you're going you're gonna to be able to thrive, especially in situations like we're in now. I mean, everybody is longing for community. If you don't have a community, you are in trouble and you got to start building one now and you're not going to do that by the press talking about you. That's exactly. just 40 yeah. and whatever. When you're saying 70, 30, you're saying 30% traditional, 70% your own storytelling um, through your own channels. I, yeah, that, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally that's agree. Like. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, doing your own brand journalism. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then if you can come at it with that journalist's mind, um, you're coming at it then from a place place of value, like a place of giving. So give yes. first and you're yeah. going to, you're all going to be put, if you're listening to this, you're probably in a position right now, no matter how successful you are in your business, where you're kind of having a holy crap moment. Um, and you don't know where to turn next. And I'm going to tell you right now that that next moment, that next step that you take, that's going to be important for you is going to be a step that requires blind faith and risk. And coming to terms with that is going to be extremely important for you as a human being for the rest of your life, not just your business. And so be willing to take those risks. We only live once and moments like this only happen once in a lifetime. If you take the risks, I like to think the universe will pay you back depending on how you, <laughs> on, on what I you think that. of those things. Yeah. Um, but that's, that, that, that's my message. It's going to be a time to take risks and have blind faith here. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. And um, thanks for having me. Yeah. And we'll put in the notes where to follow you on TikTok and everywhere else. And if you think of anything else, we'll add that too. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lisa. Right. Thank you. Namaste. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.